Hey, listener, thanks for clicking play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. It's time for a new addition to our What the Fuck Happened series. A great series we're running here in collaboration with the Ginger Geek Blogs and Matt Dalhauer, where we take a look at really shitty superhero movies and figure out what the fuck happened. For this episode, it's R.I.P.D. from 2013, starring Jeff Bridges, Ryan Reynolds. What a box office bomb. Why did it bomb? Well, we're going to find out right now. In this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, January 20th, 2017. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. We're jocking. We're nerding. We're funny. Disturbing. We're jocking. We're nerding. We're spoiler alert. What's up, listener? Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. And my name is not Anthony. He's the rug boy. And he's the nerd. What's up, rugs? Yes, that's right, listener. We are Sans One Jock for this episode, but we are Plus One Ginger Geek. Uh, that being our buddy, Matt Delhauer. What's up, man? How's it going? What's going on, guys? Uh, glad to have you here. If uh, you've seen the title of the show, it's our wonderful series, a new edition. What the fuck happened? The fifth one. This time we're going to be doing R.I.P.D., which stands. <laughs> Blech is right. Rest in peace, department. This is a series where. Uh, we take a not-so-good superhero movie and kind of break it down and try to figure out what the fuck happened. And Delhauer is very good at that, which is why we employed him to do this. Uh, if you're a first... You didn't employ No, me. you're not getting... First thing, yeah. I demanded you let me do this once, and then you just kept telling me to that's do it. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, but I'm glad you muscled your way in because uh, I love these episodes because I could just sit back and enjoy. I don't have to do any of the heavy lifting, uh, and it's a nice break for me doing... All the show notes, all the time. Geek Mooner. So thanks for uh, forcing yourself on us, Delhauer. <laughs> thanks mm, for raping us. You know, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, I just came in and I grabbed the podcast by the pussy. Hey, it's con- just made oh, it. Good, good, uh, good use of uh, pop culture callback. Look, it's consensual now. That's for sure. Oh, uh, look, if you're a first time listener to the show, this is the Jock and Nerd podcast where every week, we sit down, we geek out about what we love. And what we love is comic book related stuff, whether it's on the movie screen, the TV screen, a printed page, and in general pop culture. So we got a bunch of you subscribed to the show. You can check out all the news, reviews, interviews. This show, however, listener, is going to be a little bit different. Like I just said, this is uh, the fifth edition of What the Fuck Happened. So we're going to focus on the box office bomb that was RIPD uh, in a moment. But before we get to that, I got a couple of bits of show news to get to. Uh, we had a tweet from uh, a listener, Matthew Lawrence. That's right. Oh, shit. Matthew Lawrence, star of, uh, no, it's not the Matthew Lawrence. His name is Matthew Lawrence, but uh, he was. Oh, Any related to Joey Lawrence? <laughs> I was going to say, if he's not the, the, the middle Lawrence brother heartthrob of the mid-90s. Former yeah. teen heartthrob, star of Boy Meets World and uh, 
superhero cyber samurai something. Remember that one? Oh my god, I forgot about cyber that show. superhero samurai cyber. It was like super samurai cyber squad. Cyber squad. Yeah. That's it. Yes, that was Geek that shit. They spelled cyber with an S. Oh no, it was S Y because it was S S S. Oh my god. Lame. Look, it's not that Lawrence, but. He wrote in uh, something very interesting. This is what he said. At Jock and Nerdcast, have you changed your schedule? The podcast that have been coming out Sunday. Is this how it's going to be now in the future? Uh, thanks for writing in. And uh, it's very interesting that he noticed. When do they come out? Usually, this is what happened. We've been hitting Sundays consistently. Now, January, the, first of all, 2017 has been a little bit crazy. They, I, I had to push it to Wednesdays a little bit. We slid a little bit. This, First of all, this tweet tells me two things I didn't know. Listeners are paying attention. Uh, so good on you for calling us out. Uh, and we've got them used to a release schedule. Uh, you know, yeah, It's actually it's it's interesting to, to notice that they, they are at a point now where they're like they're waiting for the day. For yes. The yeah. And that a really cool. Feeling. That, <laughs> absolutely. That's what. Look, even though this is on demand audio, you can download the show. Listen to it whenever you want. Uh, consistency is still important in this medium. And, you know, you're running a weekly show. So I and I always feel bad when I miss Sundays. Look, listeners, I never want to leave you hanging in the future. I will communicate better on Twitter. We're always going to give you a show every week. It might slide around. But look, sometimes life is fucking nuts. So far, for me, 2017 has been fucking crazy. After 2016, I didn't think it could get any worse. But you know what? It tends to, it's following the laws of entropy. And it's just getting worse. How is 2017 for you guys so far? Well, that's beside the fact how 2017 has been so far. It's been shitty yes, so far for yes, me. Yes, But, um... I'm just saying, when people complain, that's a sign of success. Like, when you're starting to get flamed for shit, like, that means, like, you're doing something right. And he wasn't flaming us. Nobody he gives a shit. He, exactly. He was just asking, you know, look, because I know, you know, you get used to your routine, and we are so happy to be in your routine, listener. So, look, I my promise to you is this episode may, there may be one or two more that are sliding around, but we will get back to the Sunday release schedule, because I will have some time. This one might come out a little bit later, because I'm working all weekend. Uh, but here's what I want you to do, because this is episode 149, uh, and you can find show notes for everything we talk about in this episode, jockandair.com slash 149. You need to subscribe to the show to get our 150th episode. It's going to be a bunch of news, us just having a good time, some listener audio sprinkled throughout the show. Uh, it's 150. It's a crazy milestone. And as always, you can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Player FM. Uh, I, uh, tune in however you want to listen, subscribe. You won't miss it. It'll come right to you. One fifty. nerd. It's crazy because we just, it feels like we just did the hundredth episode, right? That we was, were like reminiscing about all the shit that we did in the, in the hundred episodes. That was the civil war review. That's when uh, that, so it was in the summer. So uh, we get on right. 50 episodes since summer. It's, yes. It's fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> Hey, we love doing the show, and we're going to keep doing it. Look, life happens, but uh, the show must go on. Now, before we begin, uh, we have to comment on uh, a piece of history that happened today, the, the somewhat peaceful transition of power in the U.S. government. Uh, today, we're recording on January 20th, uh, is the day where the joke uh, of saying, Trump's America now, boy, actually comes true. Oh, shit. It really is Trump's America now, people. Let that sink in for a second. So smoke them if you got them, everybody. Smoke them all yeah. if you got them because uh, your health care is probably going to go away. Look, I did not 
watch any of this oh, then don't do that. inauguration uh, this year, this time, which is r- weird for me. I've kind of been turned off. To me, America is like a show that has jumped the shark. Oh, shit. And I just can't be bothered. Uh, did you guys catch any of the inauguration today? I did. You did, I watched Ross. it. I watched it like twice. You watched it twice? Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. All right, look, we'll have you be our little uh, reporter. What'd you come away with? You guys, none of you guys were interested in watching it at all? You know what's funny? In 08, like our work, they took us across the street to like a restaurant to watch Obama getting out. We stopped work. Everybody went. They're like, look, we're going. This is historic. Ah, uh, yeah, that shit didn't happen today. Like, I, I yeah. think that's like a shitty attitude. Like, I, I mean, and I, I'm a pessimist. Wow. Right? No, but and okay. I'm not, I, I, I am not for Trump. I am not into sh- the shit that he's talking about. Uh, I did not vote for Trump. I also didn't vote for Hillary Clinton either because I don't like either of them. But like, this is the thing. When Obama got elected, there's all these assholes going, fuck Obama. <laughs> thanks, Obama. Remember, like, thanks, Obama. What, if you do that to Trump, you're just like those guys. You're like being a closed minded jerk off. Mm, and yes, yeah. I know that you're being I mean, it's something it's one thing to be closed minded to to something that, you know, is bad. <laughs> like, OK, I don't want AIDS. I know I don't right. want it. But like, it's like, <laughs> it's a good point. But like, this and, is so America's I AIDS. That, I, yes. I understand that people like are like turned off by Trump. But like, I think that uh, I'm not saying you have to like it, but I think you should be like, OK, aware and engaged because you have to be more engaged now than ever, because the fucking country's in the hands of a moron. I will agree that you have to watch this shit. No, we have to be vigilant. You're, you're right. You know, I, fucking watch everything I, and check everything. I will agree fun. that this is probably when we should be paying the most attention. But yeah. fuck it. This was my boycott. This was my own boycott for today. Uh, I'll catch the clips later. But I just right now, I can't really stand his face or his voice yeah. uh, well, is the problem. Ultimately, my stance on it was. I'll see what he said. I'll pay attention. I'll be talking to representatives, whatever it is, and making sure, you know, shit doesn't go south. But I was not giving that giant fucking baby my TV ratings. Uh, yeah, that's, exactly. That's a good point. Yes. Good point. I watched it on the on the interweb. For a man who, like, took a dig at Arnold for Celebrity Apprentice ratings down, <laughs> I was like, fuck you. I, I mean, Did you I, see the pictures that they have of the crowd? Like, Obama's oh, yeah. crowd was, like, 30 times as big. Yeah, that was pretty that crazy. The inauguration in 2008 had 1.8 million people, and they estimate Trump's inauguration had 10,000. Listen, when you can only pull for your concert Toby Keith three doors down and some YouTube fucking star, uh, what do you expect's going to happen? Nobody's showing up for this shit. Uh, so, look, let's have a little fun. There's a couple of uh, p- bits of audio I want to share with you. You guys may have seen uh, the Mark Hamill, what he's been doing, his own version of protest, which is genius. Uh, he's reading Trump tweets in the voice of the Joker. Geek boner. Uh, there was that one about the New Year's, but I'm going to play you uh, his tweet about Meryl Streep. And then just like just imagine this is an outtake from a, the Batman animated show. It's fucking perfect. Here it is. Meryl Streep, one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood, doesn't know me, but attacked last night at the Golden Globes. She is a Hillary flunky who lost big. (laughs) For the 100th time, I never mocked a disabled reporter, would never do that, but simply showed him groveling when he totally changed a 16-year-old story that he had written in order to make me look bad. 
Just more very dishonest media. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's so God, perfect. I would, I would pay money to have fucking President Joker. <laughs> President, <over this. laughs> like absolutely, President Joker. That's like an outtake from the Killing Joke. President Joker would be great. And then another one I got uh, tying comic books and politics together. It seems Trump had accidentally uh, quoted Bane in his inauguration speech. Whoa! This is a little bit of a stretch, but it's a great comparison. Uh, check out this clip. It, it says it all. Stressors of generations who have kept you down with myths of opportunity. And we give it back to you. The people. Other. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Oh, shit. Tell me that's not eerie. <laughs> Mr. Trump, what is the next part of your plan? Crashing this plane. It's like the country is yours. No one will interfere. Do as you will. <laughs> Take it. It's yours. It's yours. I've given power uh. back to you. Wow. Wow. I mean, I, I don't know if that was intentional, but it's Fucking scary. I'll tell you that much. I don't think he's ever seen Batman. I think that's his favorite Batman movie. It's the fucking Dark Knight Rises. Is there tits in this movie? I'm not watching it. He would like the. He'd be like, that Batman fella, he's huge. Love him. He's like, there's no boobs in this movie. <laughs> I'm watching it. It's no pussy. So, anyway, so I saw the Trump, uh, the thing, the uh, the address. Yeah, the whatever, thing. The, yeah, the, the talkie. Yeah. And? and so basically, just to like cover it really quick, is that he made so many. He tried to sound like he was going to help everybody. Right. Like all of the middle class is going to get help. Every person, he's going to do everything he can to help America and America first. America's the priority. Nothing else matters. Fuck everyone else. We're going to we're going to make America great again. We're going to. We're going to start having business. We're going to start doing shit. I don't know. So he said all of this shit. There's no way he's going to do anything. There's no way he can make all this shit happen. do anything. Like, why is he even saying he's going to do it? Because he's not going to do it. He doesn't give a fuck about that stuff. He's trying to be the populist. He's fooled everyone to think that he's the populist. But he's just doing the shtick. He's telling everyone what they want to hear. That's all that needs to happen anymore. Wow, we've just entered into an alternate reality. That's what I think happened. There was just some sp- rip in the space-time continuum, and we veered off this way. We were supposed to go over there, and now it's uh, it's done. I I have a theory on Ooh, that. Ooh, all right. Uh, it went around the internet a little bit, and I agree with it, but I also added a little bit onto it. Now, there was a theory somebody had put out there at one point, as mostly just as a joke, that says, does anybody else feel like that 2016 is the result of a time traveler coming back to fix something, yes. but fucking something else up even more? Th- you know what? Uh, that's so interesting because I had a thought earlier in the week. I was like, I think time travel does not exist because if he is successfully inaugurated, that means there's no fucking time travel because they would have fucking showed up right at the moment and taken him out or something. Or but oh, no, the problem the problem is if there is time travel, it means that whoever has time travel is on a better timeline than we are. Yeah, they're like, fuck this timeline. I'm going over here. I'm gonna change this and I'm just gonna live over there. But there are two possible yes. things I think yes. they changed yes. that led to this. Okay. One is Deadpool. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. 
because Deadpool not only was a very successful movie and actually did very well for Ryan Reynolds, yeah. but even got nominated for a Golden Globe. And there is talk yes. that it is, does have a possibility of being nominated I, for an Oscar. I read that. That's fucking crazy. Okay, that could be a sign. Okay. The other one, and I know Anthony's not going to like Uh-oh. it, is the Chicago Cubs winning the World oh, Series. No, I completely Whoa. agree. I already said this. I said once they won, that's it. All bets are off. The world's over. This is the time. This is where the reality split. This is the divergent well, point in time. And back to the future, they win. And yes. And isn't, and isn't the, the rich asshole. And now we are in Biff Tannen's America. Yes. I was going to say, in Back to the Future, they won in the nice 2015. Right, not in the bad one. That's true. And then when they, you know, something else happened. And when he went back to 1985, then it was the, the shitty Biff Tannen, you know, pleasure palace thing. But it, it's essentially, yes, both of those things were in that one movie. The Cubs were never supposed to win. That's it. That's the catalyst. Holy shit. All right. Anyways, <laughs> I hope everyone survives uh, the next four years. Let's get on with the show. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. Forgot what we're doing here. We're doing RIPD. What the fuck happened? Uh, but before we get to that, I want to tell the listener, you guys want to interact with us. You want to send us suggestions for the next what the fuck happened. We're always open. Just visit jockandnerd.com slash contact. You'll find links to our Twitter page, Facebook page, Facebook group. You can type a little note. You can send us audio, uh, our email. It's all there. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. Uh, I'm going to set up this movie, R.I.P.D., came out in the year 2013 from Universal, Universal Pictures. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score a whopping 13%. Oh, shit. This movie was directed by one Robert Schwentke, who had uh, directed the movie Red just prior to this, three years prior. And then now he's working on those insurgent, allegiant, fucking shitty franchise movies. Anyway, hmm. that's what he's doing now. Fitting. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Pretty fitting. Uh, written from a screenplay by Phil Hay, Matt Manfredi. Uh, the main cast here, of course, you got your Jeff Bridges playing your Jeff Bridges with a mustache and a, and a, a southern accent, uh, playing character Roy. In the role of Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds. I mean, in the role of Nick is Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Kevin Bacon is in this. Mary Louise Parker, who I loved on Weeds. Uh, so Stephanie Sozak, who plays the love interest. And then you got to mention the James Hong, who plays one of the avatars. And Marissa Miller, who plays Roy's avatar. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, this will all be explained. You'll figure out what these avatars bought. But uh, two great cast members in this movie. And that's really the, most of the important people right there. You don't need to know anything else. This, so this was based on a comic book. Yeah. By, yes. From Dark Horse comics uh written by peter lenkoff uh art penciled by lucas morangan inked by randy emberlin this book came out uh, uh 1999 through 2000 october 99 through january 2000 so uh it's a pretty old book you can read it online it's free to read i will put a link in the show notes uh and i would suggest you read it because it is better than the movie that's not really saying <laughs> but that's not hard to do correct yeah, yeah, it's it is very much based on what your belief in better is. Right, it's yeah. uh, yeah, you can't even. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. When we get to the what the fuck happened. Uh, now, I want to put into context another property that is going to come up a lot in comparison to this movie. You know, because at some parts it's uh, inspired and direct ripped off by, and the book too, which is Men in Black. All right, G- yes, just in terms of context. So, uh, 
R.I.P.D. came out in 1999. Men in Black, the comic book, was published uh, 1990 to 91. With subsequent one-shots around 1997. The movie came out in 1997. Right. So that was all well first established. So there's your context. Now, let's move into a little bit of the box office numbers. Uh, this movie had a budget of $130 million, which is a pretty hefty budget. Uh, opening weekend, July 2013, that makes $12 million. Okay. Finishes domestic $33 million worldwide. It only made $78 million. Lame. Whoa. So shit. half, just a little over half of its fucking budget. Yeah, pretty shitty. Now, I love these box office mojo pages because they, they, they rank all like uh, movies that are similar. And there's actually a bunch of Dark Horse comic book movie adaptations. It's 10, highest grossing, it's 10 out of 15. There's a lot of Dark Horse comic book movies that uh, we forget about. So, like, like uh, f- the top, I will read from 10 up. You got Aliens versus Predator, Time Cop, okay. which is a uh, mm-hmm. Hellboy. You got your Sin City, uh, your, and your 300. Yeah. The Mask, Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. uh, and Barbed Wire. Remember Barbed Wire? Barbed Wire. She's at the top? She's at the bottom. That's 15. That's also a very uh, good candidate for this What the Fuck Happened series. And Mystery Men is also at number 11. Oh, so yeah. RIPD 10. The top most most money-making is 300, of course. Okay. All by the Mask and then 300 sequel. But Dark Horse, it's got a lot of movies out. God, it makes me sad to know that the 300 sequel did better than uh, yeah. Hellboy 2. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sequel does not hold up. Uh, and this movie runs uh, 136 minutes, which is uh, 110 minutes too long. No, like, we'll get to that. Uh. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I think you nailed it. <laughs> and look, right there, that's it. I'm done. I'm out. Matt Talhauer, I'm going to hand it over to you. Uh, represent Ginger Geek Blogs, and uh, let's get it going. Fantastic. All right. Well, for R.I.P.D., we are going to start off with doing our little plot rundown, which starts immediately with a very uh, Guy Ritchie, almost uh, Snatch-era-esque opening in which we have uh, our stars Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jeff Bridges chasing after a very fat man who is very obviously made from CGI. Badly. Um, Very badly made from CGI, uh, where we also have a voiceover from Ryan Reynolds. Uh, who starts off by saying that, you know, uh, that's me. And then it stops and it freezes on the fat guy. And he goes, no, not him. And then it goes to, I think, uh, Jeff Bridges goes, no, not him either. So we already know what kind of amazing uh, comedic styling we're dealing with in this movie. If you weren't certain, in the next 30 seconds, we also get the butt crack of the really fat CGI guy thrown right at the camera. Hmm. Uh, and then he flips off Ryan Reynolds and I think calls him a jackass before Ryan Reynolds gets hit by a car. Harsh, harsh words. Wow. <laughs> and then we jump back three or four days ago. Because, you know, we're, we're going off of uh, the character Nick, who's played by Ryan Reynolds. From here on, I'll refer to him as Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> is telling you this story. And apparently can't remember how long ago it was that this started when it wasn't even a week ago. Three or 40. Yeah. Three, four or five. I don't know. Whatever. I'm dead. Who cares? Uh, That's Nick supposed is, to be funny. Yeah. yeah. 
Nick is outside of his apartment in Boston where he is planting an orange tree and burying something underneath it, which we're not entirely sure what it is, but I'm sure it'll be important later. Of course. He then has a morning with his French girlfriend or maybe wife. They don't really specify what their full relationship is, but she's in her underwear, so they're banging. Of course. Uh, And then we get a little bit of lovey exposition about them being in Boston and him being a cop and them being in love with each other. And now that that's done, we'll move on into our next scene where he goes to work at the Boston PD. Uh, Immediately, we are in the locker room where we get to have fat man and dick jokes made at us (laughs) in, in terrible ADR. And Nick talks to his partner, who is played by Kevin Bacon, who I will henceforth refer to as Kevin Bacon. Yep. And tells him that he's feeling sort of bad about the gold that they stole and thinks he wants to turn it in. And while Bacon is reluctant, he says, you know what, partner? I think you're right. And then they're immediately told that this drug boss that they're chasing after, because I guess they're chasing after a drug boss, is hit out in a warehouse and they need to go get him. So we get to have more wonderful Ryan Reynolds humor while he makes fun of a man for having a a religious medal that he wears and talks about how he is on the radio giving everyone a pep talk that is basically don't get shot, don't get killed, and let's go get this guy. They get to the warehouse and a huge gunfight ensues. Like, they spent a lot of money on this gunfight. In the midst of it, Ryan Reynolds is killed by Kevin Bacon who doesn't want him to turn him in for being a crooked cop. And then we go into what is actually one of the most well-made moments of this movie, where Ryan Reynolds walks around the frozen interior of this warehouse in the middle of a gunfight that has just stopped in time. And there's explosions and, you know, debris hanging around and people flying through the air. And he walks around before he finally realizes, oh shit, I'm dead. And gets sucked up into a giant sphincter in the sky. (laughs) Ah! Whoa! God's asshole! Where he immediately finds himself in a bright white interrogation room with Mary Louise Parker, who is playing Proctor, the uh, commanding officer of the RIPD, or Rest in Peace Department, if you didn't catch what that was. So he's in heaven, right? Heaven is up. He just, you know, he goes up. Heaven heaven is up. Why wouldn't it be? Sure! (laughs) Except for the fact that they never once mention anything about what sort of afterlife this is. Yeah. No, there's just, no nothing yeah. spent on there's, it at all. There's no, there's no heaven. There's no hell. There's no God. There's no devil. There's just mention of the guys upstairs every once in a while. So if anything, I think what we're supposed to believe is that this is purgatory. Yeah. So while he is sitting in this interrogation room, Proctor offers him a chance to work for the RIPD as a penance for the fact that he was a dirty cop in life and that this is his only way of making it into heaven. He accepts and immediately has a badge tattooed to the inside of his uh, to his chest and is now signed up for a hundred years of working for the rest in peace department. I feel like this scene had a, a missed opportunity. Because the whole time that she's giving him the lowdown on him being part of the RIPD, she's got this big thing of fresca yeah. on, on the desk. <laughs> and then at, one, at one point, like, she leaves the room and he's got to follow her. And I thought he's going to knock the fresca over and be like, fuck you. And didn't, he didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, and it's great because it's, 
I don't think she ever drinks from it. No, it's, it's just there. Never, it's so it's distracting. Just a glass bottle of Fresca. It's so green. Which is the only like set dressing in this entire room, yeah, other and than it's just the so desk weird. Thing. Nothing happens with the Fresca. You know they paid him a lot of money just to put the fucking bottle on the table. Like, but it's so distracting because I just kept staring at the bottle. Yeah, like do something with it. Shut <laughs> up, Chris. It's the only thing with color yes, in the whole room, yes, too. Yeah. It's like everything is white, and then there's this green bottle. It made no sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so immediately, Ryan Reynolds is introduced to his new partner, Roy, who is rootin' tootin' Jeff Bridges, doing his most over-the-top Rooster Cogburn uh, return from when he was in... God, what was that movie called? Uh, he's Dude, he's played this character in like a dozen movies. Oh yeah. Well, so anyway, it's it's a big mustache, southern accent, Jeff Bridges. Yep. So you already know it. Uh, he says that he is not interested in having a partner because he works alone, <laughs> and then shoots and kills a quote unquote deado that was trying to escape custody. So already we know that Jeff Bridges is the rigs of this pairing. That's right. That's your first of comparisons. This movie like squishes so many tropes from all bunch of different movies and it still just doesn't make it work. So the first stop these two partners have is they head back to Earth and they have Nick watch his own funeral. Yeah, because that makes sense. That's healthy. And despite Nick being able to have any sort of closure for his own death, Roy sits there and loudly talks through the whole thing about his own death and his own problems. Uh, Nick attempts to approach his girlfriend slash wife, Julia, but she doesn't recognize him. And Nick, because Nick is actually seen to the world as an old Chinese man named Jerry Chen. And at which point Roy explains the concept of avatars, wherein they as RIPD members are not seen as themselves because they are dead and that could cause a problem. So from now on, Brian Reynolds is an old Chinese man and Jeff Bridges is a blonde supermodel. It's Marissa Miller. It's a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model. And if you didn't catch this joke the first time, don't worry. They'll play it up again and again and again. James Hong is great, too. I love and James again. Hong. He's holding a banana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Instead of the laughs> yes, gun, he's yes, holding his, a banana. His, his uh, RIPD gun is a banana. It's so funny. So Roy then gives uh, Ryan Reynolds the rundown on how the job works, where they drive around town the whole time. Roy nearly getting into accidents and never looking at the road. But what does he care? He's already dead. Uh, he warns Nick that he needs to leave his wife slash girlfriend alone because she needs to get over him and he's just going to make it tougher. Next, they are on their first assignment when they arrive at a seedy hotel in, uh, I don't know, seedy part of Boston. So Boston. Any part of Boston. <laughs> and they are suspecting that a deado may be living inside this apartment or hotel or whatever the fuck it was. I don't remember. This is where they then run down on their whole thing on how they catch them, which involves things like eating curry very sloppily in front of these men, because apparently the scent of Indian food drives them insane. I found as a Pakistani, I found that very offensive. Why does it no. have to be Indian food? It always gets a bad rap. I believe it was the cumin, but uh, yes, it was. It was the cumin yeah. was was what sets them off and then turns them into giant CGI monstrosities. See, that that's where I I officially checked out because <laughs> first that was really it's not funny. No. And it's not it's not clever. It's douchey. It boiled and, down to being an excuse to just have 
um, Jeff Bridges just shove food talking in his mouth. with yeah. his mouth yeah. full of yeah. fucking yeah, it Indian. Gross. It was so gross. I, you know what? And they had some like this whole movie has bits of clever moments. What, like you said, that freeze when he dies. I thought that was pretty cool. I liked how like he's like the, the they smell and electricity is also affected, so you can track like the flickering lights and track them down. And that was. That was the bit like the moment they get into the hotel and they're walking around and he's like, yeah, you know, they drain the energy out of everything. So electric, you know, electricity doesn't usually work well. And they're following like the dead bolt light yeah, bulbs yeah. through the apartment hallways yeah. until they find the apartment. I'm like, it's actually it's detective work and it's an interesting concept. And then they just kill this it. The moment I was I was sitting there. I was like, is this movie going to make me like it? Right. Because it's actually building a world. Yes. And then they immediately get into the whole, like, you know, Voight-Kampf test with uh, Indian food. It just ruins the whole thing. They and and I was like, oh, this is just fucking stupid. And this is the thing that I really hate is I hate the way that they, they handle the Dettos. The Dettos are so lame and and they're not. First of all, they're done bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't like the concept of them being like weird. Like, I don't know. Well, what was even people. worse was like they, they he comments at one point, I think, about how the guy like the first Deto that they come across as a team says something about how this guy was a snitch. And that was a reason as to why, like when he transforms into his weird version, he's got like the giant mouth and stuff. Ah. So it's supposed to have some sort of like meaning behind their design. Yeah. But because they can't give you a meaning for every single Deto they come across, especially in the end when they're taking uh, on like an army yeah, it, of them, it's all generic. They just become like yeah. random, stupid, like ogre-looking creatures, really, and you yeah. don't know why. Really bad, yeah, incredible they just look Hulk. Ridiculous. Yeah. They, yeah, they look like car. They look like, like Shrek cartoons or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They don't look like they're not done well, and it's just terrible. Like I, I don't know. I don't know who thought this looked good. I don't know where they That's spent this $130 million. Probably all on Ryan Reynolds. Like, this is what I Jeff think. Bridges. And this is just, before, you know, because we're here on the Dettos. Like, if you read the comic books, these things are not uh, human at all. Right. They're, they're, they're demons. Yes. And they look like they look like demons yeah. and shit. If you go apart from humanity, you don't have that uncanny valley anymore because you're not trying to make it look human. And it would have played better. The the in the whole visuals would play better. Yeah. yeah. But because there's a, this element of humanity, it just looks off and looks terrible. Yeah. 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 So there you go. So they discover uh, that the the man they are talking to is a Deto, and Roy in the elevator previously gave Nick his soul killer bullets, which if you shoot a Deto in the head will distinct will extinguish it from existence. And they never explain why. Oh, yeah. Yep. As they find out that the Deto, a snitch, transforms uh, and eats, suddenly reaches into his fridge and eats a bunch of gold pieces, which are the same type of gold pieces that Nick had stolen when he was a corrupt cop. They give a chase, which involves them falling off of buildings, uh, Jeff Bridges riding, uh, <laughs> riding Ryan Reynolds down to the ground like the atomic bomb in uh, uh, Dr. Strangelove. Oh yeah, that's right. Because they can't die anymore, and uh, or take injury at all. And making comments about make your body go entirely limp because apparently yeah. that makes it so it doesn't hurt. But if he didn't, he would get hurt. Hey, I, I don't know. Make any sense? That that whole thing with the the animation's terrible. They look like they're rubber dolls. They don't. Yes, look, it yes. Looks like and that was, watching a that was the problem. Like earlier on, when they kill off Ryan Reynolds, like he's up on like the third story of a building. He gets shot through a window and falls to his death. But they make it so cartoony when he lands, yeah. where he like lands on his neck and bounces and flops around. That's right. Before falling yes. Finally, it's like that's it not how human horrible. bodies work. 
No, it's so bad. Not the last time I threw one off a roof. <laughs> yeah, see? Rugs knows. Yeah, they just splatter. <laughs> so they kill the Deto. They take the gold pieces. Nick is commenting on how there's something bigger here, and Roy doesn't really give a crap. They get back to the department or the headquarters or purgatory or whatever it is. Uh, and where they are now being told that there's a huge surge of dedos in Boston. And Roy and Proctor have this kind of weird sexual tension fight about being into each other. But he's, you know, he's a loose cannon and the mayor's on her ass about this one. And they process the gold pieces into evidence, except for one piece that Nick takes with him. And he says to Roy that something fishy's going on and they really need to be looking into this. So they decide to travel to none other than Fenway Park. Because, well, I mean, you're in Boston. You don't not shoot at Fenway. Where we meet up with a Deto who has been hiding out among people because he really likes the socks. And it's Mike O'Malley. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the the thing was, in this scene, I actually enjoyed a little bit of it. Because while you're having them play like the good cop, bad cop, and Ryan Reynolds is grilling Mike O'Malley about the gold pieces, you also have uh, Jeff Bridges doing a great character bit where he's trying on different hats because in the last fight, he lost his cowboy hat and is fucking oh, yeah. upset about it. Which, yeah, he was. He's like, no, my hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at which point uh, the Deto Elliot claims he doesn't know anything about the gold and they say fine and they leave, but they know that they can't trust him. So they track him because no one ever suspects that the giant car right in front of the door that they're leaving that have the two guys that were just interrogating them is going to follow them when they leave. Well, he, he set him up with a trap. He gave him a piece of that gold. that uh, And then it, he, he's, he, he's like, let's see where he yeah, takes it because yeah. he's going to go meet his guy. But, but at the same time, I mean, I think it's funny the fact that they're like, you know, let's see where he takes it. And as he walks out, they are parked on the curb yeah, in front of him, stupid. like staring at him. Like, like <laughs> so lazy. They were just like, they didn't want to try to make it like a little chase and detect scene there. And Mike O'Malley goes around Boston and we find out that he meets up with none other than Kevin Bacon. So Bacon, realizing that the gold is now potentially in trouble, goes and visits Nick's uh, dead Nick's still living girlfriend and or wife uh, basically tells him that Nick was a corrupt cop and that he needs to check on something to see if it was true or not. Digs up the tree, finds the gold and basically shit talks dead Nick to his now li- is still living wife. Classy, real classy bacon. What a dick. Uh, as well as Roy finds out by watching uh, Kevin Bacon doing this, that Nick was a dirty cop. And is not happy about it, and the two of them get into a fist fight over it. But it's solved fairly quickly because they still need to follow Kevin Bacon. Of course. And Kevin Bacon meets up with a fat dude dressed like Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's great. <laughs> who, who he then transfers the gold over to again. So this is now two handoffs in one day. Uh, Nick and Roy decide that they're going to corner Fat Elvis and try and find out what he knows, but he decides to willingly transform into the giant fat Deto version of himself, and we're now to the chase scene that we started at in the beginning of the movie. You know what? Before he transformed, Completely that dude... necessary, by the way. That, the dude, he, I was like, this is a uh, fat, evil Delhauer doppelganger. That's what it reminded me of. No. <laughs> this is like your... Wow. You know? Okay. <laughs> 
Um, I mean that I with love. I was like, that. yeah, I didn't really don't know really where he's going with this. I'm not on board with this at all. I'm just saying this is like parallel universe. I, I meant that with love, Dal Howard. <laughs> That's what just uh, what it wrote by. He because he had he was just a ginger with the uh, awesome sideburns. <laughs> yes, with the, the, <laughs> the amazing sideburns and the giant Elvis glasses. The TCB glasses. Those things are classic. So they then decide that they're going to chase after this guy, which leads to them uh, going on a wild chase throughout the city where they don't kill him. They destroy an elevator, uh, bust through the roof of a building, fire their gun a whole lot, destroy two more buildings, and he gets away. He's very agile, too. He, like, flips in the air and runs uh, up a building. He's got, like, Spider-Man powers. Like, what is the running up walls. They, what the they, fuck they, kind they of powers are these? Nothing. To try and no. explain what in no. the fuck the abilities yeah. of Dedos are. It was as if they were sitting there and like, well, I mean, you know, if because that they're not really real things, let's just have them do they're whatever. Just like, this movie sucks. Who gives a fuck? We'll just finish it. Yeah, apparently they could do whatever they want whenever they want to do it. And uh, that's just because. And in because that they lost the only lead that they had, the boys returned to the uh, uh, RIPD station to be chewed out by Eternal Affairs. Wink, wink. Oh, clever. Whoa. That's <laughs> lame. Clever. At which point they also discover that the bits of gold are part of an ancient artifact known as the Staff of Jericho. Oh, of course. Which, for some reason, was built to have the ability to reverse the flow of that giant afterlife sphincter in the sky, which would mean it would rain the dead upon Earth. The diarrhea of the dead, as we yes. <laughs> Instant heaven enema. And if that wasn't enough, the two are off the case. Ugh. This movie, man. I know. <laughs> so Nick decides he's going to go see his wife again, because why the fuck not? They're not allowed to go on the case, and uh, apparently Earth is going to be destroyed in a few days. So uh, why not just stalk his wife as an old Asian man? <laughs> as an old Asian guy, right. That's not weird at all. Hey, man, you never know. She might have a thing for it. <laughs> I mean, she was into Ryan Reynolds. Who says she won't be into Ryan Reynolds? Who's inside of an Asian man? Exactly. Well, that's a movie I should write. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Roy is following him, telling him that he needs to stop haunting her and she needs to go on living with her life. And Nick tells Roy he's glad a coyote skull fucked his corpse. <laughs> and they should, and that there from there the partnership dissolves and they go their separate ways. And then they meet up again in the next scene where they're sitting along the side of the river and Jeff Bridges is playing an accordion. For no apparent reason. For no Singing reason. one of his Jeff Bridges songs. Nick immediately apologizes for saying that he was glad a coyote skull fucked him. And they decide to say, you know what? Screw the, screw eternal affairs. If we're going to get fired, we might as well solve the case first. And then cue like the Starsky and Hutch theme, I guess. There's parts of this movie where I'm like, is this going anywhere? What is the point of any of this? So the two decide that there's something fishy about Kevin Bacon. And you know what? He's probably a Dedo. Because Roy heard a thing about how sometimes Dedos can stop themselves from seeming like Dedos if they have a super secret item on them that can help them or whatever. Bacon's got no stank on him. Bacon got no stank. Ain't no <laughs> stanky bacon. Yeah. Uh, and so Nick decides, you know what it must be? It must be that religious medal he wears that I always made fun of him for. Dun, and it dun, turns dun. out that was right. So Kevin Bacon hands a piece of an artifact to another cop they worked with. And Julia talks to Bacon about Nick haunting her, which tips him onto the idea that Nick is probably a part of the RIPD. Hmm. 
It also doesn't help that Nick and Roy show up immediately after this phone call. (laughs) So Roy heads in to question Bacon while Nick sneaks around back. And they corner Bacon in his kitchen and force him to lose the uh, Medal of Christopher, or the St. Christopher Medal, which reveals that not only is Kevin Bacon a deado, but he's a deado that brings the entire fucking house they're in to the ground. He's got strong stink. (laughs) He he is the stankiest of Bacons. Wow. So they they arrest Bacon after a, a short scuffle, but it is very obvious that Kevin Bacon... Like the Joker and Loki and that dude from uh, Skyfall. Yep. Wanted to be caught. Yeah. Right. And the whole plan was for him and his guys to get brought in so that they could then steal all the gold from RIPD and get out because they used a time slowing bomb. It was like a time bomb. Yeah. It was a little time stoppy bomb. But apparently it doesn't affect the Dettos. Only the other dead people who aren't them. Yeah. They really love this effect. It's used three times in the movie. This is the second time. And then they (laughs) escape back to Earth in the toilet elevator thing that the RIPD uses. Now that they're back on Earth, it's time to get ourselves into Act 3. As the Dettos and Kevin Bacon start building the staff of Jericho in the middle of Boston. And Kevin Bacon decides that for a little bit of... uh, insurance he's gonna bring nick's girlfriend down there with him conveniently r.i.p.d struggles to get struggles to fit through the door to get into the elevator bathroom because you know why shouldn't we have a three stooges style physical humor (laughs) and as soon as they get out they start a major soul killer gunfight in the streets of boston that quickly turns into an old west quick draw and tongue-in-cheek lesson on the old west showdowns First, you got to get that guy, and then you get the guy in the window, and then there's a guy on the roof. Oh, sometimes there's not a guy on the roof. Would have been funnier in a different movie. (laughs) Yeah, no, Bridges is chewing the scenery. Like, he's got some lines that should be great, but none of it works. And that's the thing is, like, he, Jeff Bridges is giving his all because he's decided if he's going to be in this shitty movie, at least he's going to have fun. And he's at least fun to watch for that fact. Yeah, he's having fun. Because the movie around him is so garbage. You just groan at it most of the time, too. Yeah. I, right. There's a He has a great line where he goes, ah, I invented this shit. And it's supposed to be badass, but it doesn't come across as badass. No, not You're at all. like, what? Not at all. Because the people that he's killing are terrible CGI monsters. Yeah, you just can't get invested in this fucking thing. Yeah. So the two of them are rushing through the streets of Boston to get to the Commonwealth Building so they can stop them from building the uh, portal to Jericho or whatever. And they get into a car chase. Slash city disaster scene with the Dettos, with buildings falling down around them and them crashing into other Dettos and cars hitting them and they're firing guns. And then the giant Elvis dude jumps on the front of the car and they're all like, make sure to make your body go limp. And they crash it into a wall and kill him. There's a really bad CGI car, too, that, that falls. Did you catch Hell that? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Falling off of the, uh, the parking garage. And it's clearly like a fucking fake car. It looks so horrible. So yeah. finally, uh, Kevin Bacon has Nick's girlfriend show up at the Commonwealth building so he can hold her as a hostage. And he reveals his Dedo self, which is just poorly CGI'd Kevin Bacon. 
It's a really bad, like, Incredible Hulk bigger. Oh, it's so, but like, it, that. And it was also, like, he's bigger, but, like, his head is split in half or something. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah, explained kind of, yeah. that he apparently died on the job, but then just sold his soul to be a Ditto or something, I guess. It, whatever. But a uh, news helicopter is destroyed. Uh, Fat Elvis is dead. And Bacon decides he needs to sacrifice Julia to open the portal because, you know, why not also make this into Blade where it needs to be blood magic in order for this Yeah, I guess you need a blood thing also with this giant heavy-ass gold thing that shouldn't even be... You know how heavy fucking gold is? That thing was huge! It should have collapsed the whole roof! Gold penis! There was a giant giant gold phallus! And it shot shot a load into the asshole of heaven... And then, and then the dropout just the, shit out dead yeah, people. The diarrhea like, of dead uh, came out. Uh, the uh, heaven colonic, you know. The whole thing is an enema analogy. <laughs> oh, shit. This town needed an enema. Yeah. This town did need an enema. This movie needs an enema. Uh, so uh, the girlfriend gets stabbed. Her blood is now powering up the staff. And Nick and Roy get into super slow-mo gunfight. And as they chase across the roof, we then decide the best thing for us to do here is have Jeff Bridges destroy the staff or penis or whatever it is. Yeah. Cock and, of Jericho. And, and, Cock of Jericho. and Ryan Reynolds is going to go fight Kevin Bacon, which means we get to have about five minutes of CGI Kevin Bacon just beating the shit out of Ryan Reynolds. Of a CGI floppy Reynolds at points, too. Yeah. Like, again, more of this really bad physics. Yes. Roy just, uh, is able to use his lasso to pull a tractor off of another building, which just happens to be on a building taller than the Commonwealth, and pulls it down on top of the spear in order to destroy it. Nick then shoots Kevin Bacon in the face after running out of bullets, and Julia dies. Yes. He kills Kevin Bacon, and then his girlfriend dies in his arms, and finally gets to see Nick as himself and not an old Asian man. Well, then they do the freeze thing again. I thought that was, I mean, again, a moment that should have been like, oh, they're together. This was a moment you know? that should have made you cry. Yes. But because like, you've been death. crying about seeing this movie for 130 <laughs> yeah. minutes at this point. You're dead inside. Care. You feel nothing. You are, you're a deadite. All I, like, I sat there just thinking to myself, like, just let her fucking die. Like, <laughs> who gives a fuck? Really? We didn't even get to meet this girl. We know nothing about her. The bl- Her blood is halfway floating across. Really bad CGI. So Ryan Reynolds says goodbye. We all are supposed to shed a tear. And then Julia wakes up in the hospital. At which point, uh, Nick, Roy, and Proctor are all looking at her from outside. Apparently, uh, Proctor pulled some strings to make it so that Julia wouldn't die. So I guess, you know, that's nice. If you do a good job... Uh, the RIPD will make sure that your loved ones just don't die right now. <laughs> okay. It's a perk! Yeah. yeah. Uh, be, for, for solving the problem and stopping heaven from shitting dead people all over the earth, <laughs> Nick is let off with a warning instead of being fired, which I guess means they would have gone to hell? Oh, yeah. Well, who knows? He's just there was fucking, a threat of shot. him going to hell, like, the whole time, yeah. And Roy, and Roy has been uh, given 53 more years onto his sentence with the RIPD. Oh, which he then boy. claims is the third time they've extended his sentence anyway. <laughs> uh, Jeff Bridges and Mary Louise Parker have the most awkward, sexy moment between the two of them. And I guess are yeah. going to restart their relationship. 
She bites his beard. What was that? I uh, this was this was obviously her moment to be like, you're going to ham it up. I'm going to fucking ham it up. We'll see who hams it up harder. Um, and she walks off and I guess they're they're now going to bone again. Uh, and as a, a gift to Nick, Roy gives him a new avatar ID, which is a Girl Scout with headgear. And now we are on our way to the credits. That's it. it. That's right. He's a he's a fucking Girl Scout. And that's how. Wow. And the thing, the movie kept going longer than it should have. That was a listener. If you haven't seen the movie, that was way less painful than actually watching the movie. So you should be thanking the Delhauer because I skipped over the nine times that they mentioned that Jeff Bridges is supposed to be a woman. Yeah. Yeah, and there's like the, all the the dialogue exposition scenes are so boring. All right, no, that was a great look. We just saved you 136 minutes there, listener. Hope you appreciate it. Uh, let's take a break, a pause. I'm going to play some promos for some fun geek shows. We're going to come back. We're going to figure out what the fuck happened to this movie. After these messages, we'll be right back. Trivia Geeks, the Unpredictable Game Show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. Are you afraid of what goes bump in the night? Have you or your friends ever pondered a conspiracy? Do you want to know more about the unknown? If so, then put on your tinfoil hat, sit down, and pick up your computer, tablet, or phone. Go to iTunes or YouTube and search for Secret Transmission Podcast and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Follow us on Twitter for updates on shows. At Secret Transpod. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Or you can email us suggestions at secrettransmission at hotmail.com. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at hotmail.com. It's not just any day. It's Mr. Throwback Thursday. Hey, this is Jamie. And this is Bill. And we are the Mr. Throwback Thursday podcast. Do you remember when the wheels were steel and the beats were real? We do. And we talk about it every Thursday. You can check out Woo News, One and Done, Record of the Week, and a whole lot more. That's Mr. Throwback Thursday, keeping it classic on iTunes, Stitcher, and at HighVoltageRadio.com. And always remember, new school stale, old school fresh. Listener, if you're enjoying what you're hearing and, uh, you know, sometimes like we said earlier that we, we slide schedules and there's a hole and you just need some more jock and nerd goodness. Uh, might I suggest you check out our fan club on Patreon. Jock and nerd. Just go to jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, uh, where for a low monthly pledge, you'd be helping out the show in terms of maintenance costs, keeping the show going. And what you get is a bonus podcast feed that has about seven and a half hours 
of extra geeky audio. Uh, we've got pulse shows. We've got in- instant reviews to movies. We have whole episodes. Rugboy's on there. Del Howard there's a bu- is on there. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Rugs, you checked it out recently, and yeah. uh, you uh, really you didn't know what we were posting, and this is where it all goes. There's a lot of shit on there, <laughs> and like every time that we record a show, we usually record a post show of stuff that's not really comic book related, or sometimes it is, but like it's a lot of shit that you've never you're never gonna hear otherwise. If you unless you go there. So you have to should go there and check it out. There's also a clip of the first time uh, Matt met Rugboy. That clip was pretty funny too. Like the yeah. very first time you guys interacted. Yeah, there's stuff that happens before the show. If I meet like a new person and they're like freaking out or like they're not like they're asking yeah, dumb I, questions. I fanboyed so hard. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, really? Oh my god, it's Rugboy. <laughs> Anyways, fan, be a member of the fan club. You will not be disappointed. Jockander.com slash Patreon. Okay, Delhauer, I'm sure you got some production notes, some more research. What the fuck happened with this movie? Because honestly, like, it's not a bad movie. It's just, it's barely a movie. It's like a, a mashup of all these other movies that just is done badly. Like, of course, you're going to have your Men in Black, your Ghostbusters, your Lethal Weapon, your Buddy Cop movies. Uh, the dead coming back as living, like almost a little bit of evil dead, but like it just fails. Well, how did this happen? Well, first thing I'm gonna I'm gonna let you peer behind the curtain a little bit on on how I do the the research for this. Yes, usually I just read Wikipedia. Okay, because most movies actually have a lot of information about their production and how they got made on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R.I.P.D. didn't have shit. Oh my god. Whoa. Legitimately, there is no production, no development, anything on their Wikipedia page, which tells me yes, what that, is that they don't want people to remember why this movie came to be. Oh, my God. They don't want anybody to know. The, you don't think on the DVD there's any kind of, like, bonus behind-the-scenes featurette? They're like, no, it's probably, like, theatrical trailer and, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds going, I'm sorry. <laughs> Look at his commentary. I, I feel like that this movie is like a rape baby. Like, it's like it's so true. It's like someone forced it to happen, yes, and yes. then they just had to go through with it. You can't deny that it's there and that it exists, but yes. you never want to tell anybody what happened. Yeah, how it how it happened. You don't want to tell the birth or the conception of this. Yeah, you don't even want to even remember how it happened. So I I want all of you to be so appreciative of me because I need to rec- be recognized. I am that vain. Okay. Uh, of uh, just how much actual research I had to do for this movie. Wow, so you had to go digging deep for reals then. To the, to the point where there is a good part of this is actually just speculation because I can't prove it. <laughs> all right. Fuck it. Good stuff. Uh, all right. So where this story starts is all the way back in the 70s and 80s when Peter M. Lankov was a child. Oh, wow. He... In interviews, he has claimed several times that the biggest thing he always wanted to do in his life was he wanted to write for comic books because he loved Spider-Man and Superman and all that stuff Uh, and has said on occasion that, you know, oh, man, people would be so jealous of my comic book collection if my mom hadn't thrown it out, (laughs) which, you know, that sounds like a line. Sure. (laughs) So instead of getting into comic books, Peter Lenkov actually uh, built himself a fairly lucrative career in the 90s as a writer and producer for movies and TV. Oh. Uh, Lenkov was the man who wrote Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone in it. Really? Yeah. Wow. He also went on to produce several of the Universal Soldier movies, 
Oh, shit. I see. Uh, and I think he was a driving part of La Femme Nikita ah. when it was out there in the 90s. Wait, the 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 American version or the not the original? The, no, the American version. Talk about the TV Ugh. show. Yeah. Oh, the TV show. Well, there was that Bridget Fonda movie and then there was the TV show. The yeah, yeah, he you'll come to recognize that Lankoff is really good on taking other people's ideas. Yes. And making them longer. Yes. Well done. <laughs> oh, shit. So I'm assuming that somewhere in that mix in the 1990s, Peter Lankoff, working as a producer in movies, wound up meeting the head of Dark Horse Comics. Okay. Who was, I already forget his name, Mike Richardson. Okay. And this is because in the 90s, Mike Richardson was also working not only as the CEO of Dark Horse Comics, but also as a producer on films with things like The Mask which was based on Dark Horse comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Barbed Wire, based on a Dark Horse comic. It's fairly uh, safe to say that producers in Hollywood tend to run into each other every once in a while. Oh, I forgot to point out, Paul Lankoff, or Peter Lankoff? It's Peter. Peter. I think I uh, I wrote him as Paul at one point. Peter Lankoff was also the person who gave us two, not one, but two Polly Shore movies. Oh, no! Oh, shit! He wrote... Son-in-law. Oh, boy. Uh, Actually, I love this paragraph that I made for the the Ginger Geek blog thing, so I'll just read it off. I said, let's face it. Peter Lankoff has made a lucrative career out of delivering piles of shit more often than not. If you wonder what Lankoff has done that you may know, he wrote the 1993 Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes flick, Demolition Man. Need more to impress you? He wrote and produced one of the most influential comedies of the 90s, Polly Shore's (laughs) Son-in-Law. Not enough. He was one of the producers of CSI New York. And the producer that brought both Hawaii Five O and MacGyver back to CBS oh, in the shit. past few years. Wow, he's still working and doing this shit, huh? Yep. Ultimately, Lankoff is one of the people that proves being a, produ- a producer means being able to find work and make money, despite the fact that what you make isn't ever actually good. Ew, has anybody seen the new MacGyver? I tried to watch it, and no. it was not good. Uh, no interest. In that. So this guy pretty much knows everything that I don't give a fuck about. And then he just makes it. Wow. He knows how to make crap. That's fantastic. So at some point, he met and became friends with Mike Richardson. I can't prove it, but I'm going to guarantee it happened. Sure. What do you. Uh, And. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Mike Richardson decided because he has a comic book studio to finally give Peter what he's always wanted, the chance to write a comic book. And so Peter decides he's going to write this story idea called R.I.P.D. Now. That sounds like a dream come true for somebody. But in all honesty, I'm fairly certain that the idea for R.I.P.D. was not something that Peter wanted to make for a comic book, but instead an idea that he and Mike Richardson knew they could sell as a movie and decided to make it to a comic book basically as a proof of concept. It's only four issues and it's a quick read. Like it doesn't even need to be four issues. Honestly, you just put it into one. And not only is it a quick read in four issues. Richardson and Lenkov optioned it as a movie before they even produced the comic book. What? But this is like 13 years before this movie fucking comes out. Universal bought the idea from them, the option to make it into a film in 2001. Wow. They said they were sitting on this for like a decade for. Yes. Jesus. For what is it? 16 years now. Oh, so at that point it was 12. Wow. So he wrote the comic book. Yes. Okay. 
the two of them are attached as producers on any option that they have for a film. Okay. I, in all honesty, think that Universal bought this as uh, bought the option for this as a film, not because they wanted to make it, but because the fact that they had recently seen great success with two Men in Black movies mm-hmm. knew that if any other studio got their hands on it, they could easily start trying to steal away the Men in Black audience. By making something that's basically a ripoff of a rip off of, of it, basically but way ripping worse. off that their property yes. with something else. Yes. So they bought it and they buried it. So do you think he wrote this as a ripoff to begin with? Yes. Yeah. I think it's, it's I think an absolute ripoff. Yeah. The fact that they the fact that they optioned it as a film before they even made the comic book means that they didn't have a story they wanted to tell. They had an idea they wanted to sell. Ah. Huh. So they see Men in Black. They say, hey, wow, that does real well. What if we did that? But, you know, instead of uh, aliens, it's like demons. Right. They're like, right. oh, yeah, man, that'd yeah. be so great. Yeah. And then obviously at some point somebody said, yeah, dude, Men in Black meets Ghostbusters. I'd see that movie. This makes so much sense because Men in Black, like we said, they came out in 97. This book comes out in 99. There you mm-hmm. go. There you go. So the comic book comes out. It's only four issues. And in all honesty, it's not good. It's better than the movie, but it's just it's very yes, it's very quick. Yes. There is no character development. No, uh, it is definitely far more violent than the movie. I like it more than the movie. I like. Uh, I do too. I do too. Yes, but I don't like it. But in it's, general, but it's still not great. But, well, yeah. Let's just talk about some of the things that happen in the comics that are different than the movie. Real quick, it's basically sure. the it's basically the same idea, except they go into hell. And, and and there's actual demons, like I said before. The comic book is demons, not like disembodied or disfigured. Not, yeah, it's not deados. Yeah, they're like they're actual demons that look like like devils and shit. Well, they just look like mon. They look like monsters. yeah, yeah, but they're not humanoid monsters. Yeah. And at one point, they have to go to to to, to hell to retrieve this sword. That's I think it's an angel's sword. That's sort of archangel. Yeah, Satan. Yeah. Yep. The, the the quick runover is um. Nick Cruz instead of Nick Walker, because God forbid we have a Latino man yeah. starring in this movie. It's a little more ethnic. Dies on the job, and it's not from his own partner. He is killed by an unseen gunman. Yeah. Is enrolled into the RIPD, His is then partnered up with the rootin' tootin' cowboy cop, and the two of them try and figure out who, and they, they tell him that his first assignment is going to be to get closure by finding out who killed him and why. Yeah, and they they try to set up some rules, but and also in the book, Roy is retiring. He's coming to the end of his this, hundred this year is, thing. This, yeah, it's, this is his last. It's job. totally lethal weapon uh, in that in that sense. And this is his last job. But they change the MacGuffin, like you said, it becomes the Staff of Jericho instead so of the Sword of Archangel Michael. Yeah, it's the Sword of Michael. So what it is is that in the midst of them trying to to find out what's going on, there is a small demon that I don't even remember the name of who has a a plan to escape hell, find and steal the sword of Michael, which yeah. is said to be the only item that could possibly kill Satan. Yeah. Return to hell, kill Satan, take and over. then take over yeah. as the ruler of hell. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, not a bad plot. It's, you know, it's okay. What, what I thought was weird is like this, you can't even call this an adaptation of the comic book, this movie. Because they just take the basic premise. Now, he's also killed, but we find out in the book he is killed by his partner. Right, that he was dirty. Yeah, his, his partner had been in uh, cahoots with a demon. He was gaining, I believe it was, uh, extended life, 
or like he was he was allowing demons to escape onto Earth and was selling a drug that apparently was like demon dust or something that never really played into anything. Yeah. Um, went nowhere, but was, it was, it was a trade off that he was letting them onto earth and they were like giving him extended life. But even that, even that simple plot point of that guy getting the sword and he, him going into hell and trying to kill Satan is way cooler yeah. and less repetitive yeah. than the, than the swirling thing above the sky that we've seen in like 10 movies. Already. In every fucking oh, yeah. movie. That they're still doing. Yes. As, as, going as recently as Suicide Squad. They do it in Flash all the time. There's always swirling yeah. fucking things. Yeah. But like, like, so in terms of the story, like they don't adapt the story of the book at all, really. They just, they no, take it, the characters like said, and make something It is the very basic concept. Yeah. And then the end of the story is, is that they go chasing the... Uh, the old partner into hell, uh, they wind up killing the demon that has the sword of Michael, saving Satan from being killed. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, they save hell. Also, yeah, they have to which save. Which then him. also essentially stops an impending war against heaven. Right. And because they saved Satan from being killed, he grants them the old partner that they are allowed to take and book with the RIPD and allows them to leave hell. Oh, and he gets closure for his death, and then, and I think Roy just retires. And then, and at the done. end, yeah, at the end, they they book the partner. Roy retires and rides his horse into the uh, the bright white light that is heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Nick carries on with a new partner with his one hundred years on the RIPD. Oh, the other thing that they did in the 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 book that I was wondering if they would touch on in the movie or not was that Nick's old partner also has decided to move in and start dating. Nick's ex-girlfriend. Oh, that's right. He was moving in on her. Yeah, he's moving in on her. That's right. So one of the major flaws is they took all that cool demon hell locations and put everything on Earth. And it just, like you said, Ruggs, it gets repetitive. It looks really bad. I don't know. Who do you blame for the way it looks? I mean, they had a good budget. but I mean, like, why if you're sitting there? Like, this is why I don't get about Hollywood and shitty producers and fucking shitty studios. It's like, all right, how do you not know that doing something that is close to human is almost impossible to pull off? Why would you even try it? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. To make it just look like some crazy monster uh, is just more believable. And, uh, and yeah, it's probably cooler yeah. and more memorable. And, and especially in, in the comic, like the comic is also a lot more violent. Yeah. There yeah. is a moment where when the demon that escapes hell finds the sword of Michael, he only finds it by torturing a priest. And then when he gets the information as to where it is, turns him inside out. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's pretty violent. There's a lot of heads getting chopped off. and uh, Yeah. And like when, the, when people get shot, they're bleeding and stuff like that. Yeah. Like there's there was it was a much more adult take on this concept, which I think would have done major things for the movie. And that was the problem. The movie did everything it could to take this adult comic book and make it like family friendly. Well, they dumbed it down. It was, you know, it's PG 13. Now it's now it's Looney Tunes, you know, physical humor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, death is not frightening. There is, they don't say hell. They don't say heaven. They don't deal with demons. They don't touch on any sort of theology or mythology. Yeah, they fucking whitewash the whole thing. They, just, they yeah. fuck. Yeah, they sterilize the whole sterilize thing so the that no thing, one absolutely. could possibly be offended by this. Wow, but this thing sounds like it was a cash grab from the very concept, from the even the initial proof of concept. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it Why started would out Ryan that Reynolds way. Why want to be in this just for the payday? Yeah, let's talk about the cash. All right, so we're gonna get into them actually building the movie now. 
that'll that'll definitely that'll be touched on. Okay, go for it. So after Universal optioned the movie, they immediately shelved it, and like I said, I think because they just wanted the idea of it out of the the ring in Hollywood. And they kept saying it was things like, oh, you know, the, the budget would be too high. We don't have the, the effects budget to do it. But at the same time, they didn't even have a comic. I don't think they even had a script. <laughs> so they were just you know making shit up to tell basically Lankoff and, and Richardson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get to it one day now. Fuck off. Uh, meanwhile, they put out a third Men in Black movie, which does all right. But has proved that a lot of people feel like maybe that concept has some life in it. But, you know. Will Smith's not going to come back for it. Tommy Lee Jones wasn't even really in the third movie. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we can't keep going with that series. And I have a feeling that then we're like, well, we do have the ability to make something like Men in Black, and we could fill it in with fresh faces and people that we could sign on to contracts. So they decide they're going to finally go after RAPD. But like a studio who has no idea what they're doing, and does not want to take any risks with it, they go unbelievably on the, like, super safe side. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the big things that also worked in their favor was, in 2001, comic book movies weren't really a thing. Right. You, this was, that was the same year as, uh, or a year before Spider-Man. So, you, all you had was you had X-Men, which people were like, were, people liked. And then you had like the Blade movies, yep, yep. some of the Batman movies, yep. and that was really all that was in like the the social conscious at that point. So saying based on a comic book didn't mean anything in 2001, but in 2013, it meant you immediately were going to have people coming to see it. Little kids were going to be like, oh, it's, it's based on a comic book. I love comic books. Let's go see it. So now that they're able to tag based on a comic book and they've also had. 12 years worth of comic book movies that they can pull ideas from. They hire on two guys who have a history in writing high concept action films. Uh, Manfredi and whatever the hell the other dude's name was. What did they write? Phil Hay. They wrote Aeon Flux. Okay, that was decent. Was it? They wrote the remake of Clash of the Titans. Okay, that's bad. Oh, yeah, that wasn't. Uh, I think I saw that. And the problem was, is that while Clash of the Titans was bad, it made a shit ton of money. Yeah, oh, I see. Okay. And if you're going to get a studio to hire you, you let them know the script I wrote made a shit ton of money. Yeah. Uh, they also then bring on Neil H. Morowitz as a producer. And if you don't know that name, you actually kind of do. Morowitz. Morowitz has been the producer on. Every Fast and the Furious movie that has been made. Oh, okay. He has basically been the go-to guy for Universal for about a decade at this point. And while and his 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 track record tends to be hit or miss, but he's got a lot of hits. So they trust him. And they trust that he knows how to make a movie that will sell. Uh, so with Morowitz on board, two writers who aren't going to cost them a lot of money and they know can churn out a, a script that people may enjoy. They then also decide to start tracking down their stars for the movie. Now, at that point, Ryan Reynolds had already worked with Morowitz on a few different films, which tells me that he was most likely the reason Reynolds came along. Okay. Easily could have sold him on the idea of, hey, look, man, you know, Green Lantern didn't work out, but we got this new project that you would be the head of. 
you know, starring vehicle man. And it's, it's going to be family friendly. It's going to be this great, you know, kind of, like I said, Ghostbusters meets men in black. It's going to be a lot of great action. I think you're really going to dig it. And I'm sure Reynolds was like, yeah, okay. I get starring it. Sure. <laughs> this was what, like the third superhero comic book yeah, movie he did? Fourth. Yeah. I'll do it. And his, He's just looking for something to hit, and he's like, fuck it. Now, here's, here's the interesting bit. They did not initially cast Jeff Bridges to play the character of Roy. They had cast Zach Galifianakis. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> Zach as Roy the Cowboy? Mm. As, as Roy the Cowboy. Now, if either of you have seen the movie Campaign. Uh, yes. With him and Will Ferrell? Yes. Imagine that. <laughs> The highly effeminate Southern guy as the cowboy, yes, as the cowboy cop. Wow, I didn't think this movie that could potentially. I don't know. Would that have saved the movie? No, I no. think this was the best thing about the movie. You really was. You really was. Few times I will say, Zach Galifianakis on this movie would have made it far worse. Yes, that's. I was just going to say, if anything would have made this worse, it would have been that. I love Zach Galifianakis. I do too. But okay. Bridges was Great. the best thing in this movie, only because he didn't give a fuck and he was just having fun. And you know that at that point, you know this is after several of the Hangover movies and a bunch of other stuff had come out. So Galifianakis was a big name. So they they immediately were like, look, man, Ryan Reynolds, he's great with action. Zach Galifianakis, great comedian. Everybody loves both of them. This is going to sell no matter what. And then Galifianakis has to drop out because he realized he is contractually obligated to make a third Hangover movie. Okay. So he's gone, and they're kind of scrambling. And I can't tell you who it was, how it happened, but they got Jeff Bridges. (laughs) And I'm going to say Jeff Bridges was high. And they said, you could do an accent. And he went, yeah, I'll do that. He's like, I like playing cowboy. He does. Just put a, give me, let me grow a mustache and sing some songs and do my Southern accent. Uh, I feel at home. I need to play the accordion. Yes. So they're already, they're already filling in their, their, their casting bill with some, some pretty, some pretty recognizable names that aren't going to break the bank, but are definitely going to cost them a pretty penny or two. So they're cheaping out on getting two writers that are just kind of hired guns for the company. And they realize they cannot give a lot of money to a director. Luckily, <laughs> Robert Schwenke, Schwenke has really not done a lot. Nope. But he did do a comic book movie the year before called Red. So he is someone who understands action with comedy. He understands the idea of using a comic book as a basis for making a movie. And he survived working with Bruce Willis. So, I mean, the guy has to know some shit. <laughs> oh, shit. That's not easy. And because they got the director of Red, he also brought along with him Mary Louise Parker. And apparently, I found at one point, uh, they were in talks and attempting to get Jodie Foster to play Mary Louise Parker's character at one point. Oh, wow. Which would have surprised the hell out of me. Yeah, I don't know if Jody would have fucking done that shit. Yeah, that's really slumming it for Jody. Yeah, there's no way she would have fucking taken that one. Look at that script. And then wasn't Red 2 coming out the same time this movie came out? Mary Red Louise 2 Parker came was in out that? the same summer. The same summer, and she's in that too. And So, you know, Mary Louise Parker, she had her work set. And they didn't have Schwenke come back for Red 2 because he was making R.I.P.D. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, principal photography for the movie took place over the summer of 2011. Yes, two years before the wow. movie came out, wow. they were filming it. Wow. 
they did it entirely in and around the Boston area. They had some sound stages uh, there, and I think out in L.A. for a lot of the interior stuff. On location. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think only I think it was only the final scene outside the hospital was shot in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, but that was about it. Uh, fast forward, movies released in 2013 in July, which with the extensive amount of post-production effects and the CGI and stuff, like, you know, the fact that I'd say 60% of the characters in this movie yep. are 3D CGI effect, I can kind of see why it took them two years to go from principal photography to final product. And the problem is, that even after that two years, it still looked like garbage. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't see any of that money or that time in this movie. It was horribly done. Whatever they hired for the effects, they 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 were not doing their a game. You know what? It's universal. A lot of it looked like re like unused shit from the Incredible Hulk movie. That yeah. They were like, hey, just put no, this. Absolutely, fucking, and that, that was uh, the thing. Was like every single one of them was like a weird, like not used version of the Abomination. Right. Right. Yeah. It was all like their their models they didn't use. I liked Fat Elvis though. um and as if there was anything else about this movie that could tell you that even universal had no faith in it they did not screen it for critics before they put it out into general admission that is never good sign people they should just know that right away because that way the critics kick it out there and fucking say shit before the movie comes out and so we now get to a little bit more of like the what happened with them well like i said it's them putting together a cast that they only can see as sellable and not actually as actors. Uh, writers that are not going to cost them a lot of money and they can easily tell what to do. A director that's not going to rock the boat because he's only just now getting into big budget filmmaking. Uh, and two producers who strictly created the concept of this movie because they wanted to sell it as a movie. Wow. There's just no heart in any of this. Like, and it's just, it. yes. You see it in everything as you go through it. They had no interest in making a movie or telling a story. They had interest in just selling you a ticket to something. And it's it's everything is slapped together. You've got the fucking, you know, Avengers ending with the giant thing in the sky that yep. rain down bad guys. Yep. You've got, you know, your your slapsticky moments. Everything is sanitized so that nothing is scary, nothing is upsetting, nothing is emotional. Uh even even death is seen as just being like a weird body humor joke. Yeah. Yeah, they're randomly poking fun at Indian food, and they're just chewing. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the one thing that they went over the line on, like that <laughs> one thing, and then everything else is just so namby pamby. Yeah, and it, like and legitimately, it was just like the third or fourth time that there was just a joke where, like, oh right, I forgot, you know, Jeff Bridges' avatar is a, a supermodel. I was just like, oh god. Yeah, See, people like catcalling her everywhere. I felt I feel like that whole that whole thing was wasted more. Like I wish they had more fun with the avatars. Uh, it really they I didn't think they used them enough. And like none of that stuff is in the comic book. The yeah. fucking Indian food shit is not in the comic book. Uh, it's just uh, doesn't make any sense. And and what I think is what I think is interesting is there is there's an alternate opening to the movie. Oh really? That I guess you'll find on like a DVD or whatever that I found online that. Would not, I mean, granted, an alternate opening does not save, like, a garbage third act, <laughs> but it would have been, it It fell more in line with the comic, okay. in all honesty. Okay. So it starts off that it's a, uh, it's like a, a dark, rainy night on a street in Boston in Chinatown, and they've got Jeff Bridges there on his own, and they're doing all of, like, the spaghetti western camera shots, where it's, like, the drastic close-up on the eyes, the rain coming down off of his hat, 
him slowly walking, you know, one step at a time down the street with the spurs jangling and everything. And he gets to this aquarium shop. And as he enters it, it is legitimately just wall to wall, every, you know, several aisles of just aquariums filled with water. And he starts doing his whole, you know, answering, you know, asking questions and throws the bag of Indian food at the guy's feet and everything. But like the whole time he comes off as very menacing instead of being like campy and silly. Yeah, yeah. And then when the guy turns into the Deddo and tries to escape, it's then this big shootout scene where he's firing and, you know, the tanks are exploding with water and he's chasing after him. Proves that if they try and shoot him with a regular gun, the RIPD can't be hurt by conventional weaponry ah, and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's just weird enough. It sets up the rules enough and it's, it's, it's tense enough that you're like, okay, what, what are we getting into here? This looks yeah. pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. That sounds, that, it, it yeah. makes me, it makes me wonder like, would I have wanted them to keep that opening? Probably not because I think. Somebody somewhere along the line said, this promise is way too much that this movie can't deliver. <laughs> it makes it, But that's how the book starts. Like the book starts with Roy and it's a little action scene. And then it cuts to Nick going, oh, I'm dead. I'm not really dead. And that was a weird thing about the book as well. In the book, people in the RIPD could die. Right. They like, did. Like yes. Roy's old partner gets killed. Yes. By the demons. In the beginning. Now, right. They, they don't explain what happens to them if they die as a member of the RIPD. I yeah. just tend to assume it means they go to hell. And there was also no Avatar thing in the book, right? They don't yeah. ever, they, I just assumed they look like themselves or they didn't, that was all. I assumed they were just fucking ghosts. Yeah, or nobody saw them. Yeah, they don't even tackle any of that shit. In this movie. Um, but yeah, and that was the thing. It was like the Avatar idea was interesting, but they they relied on that joke way too much. They relied on... Uh, Jeff Bridges doing improv about coyotes eating his body and and fucking his skull too much <laughs> for it, and it's like they let Jeff Bridges go off. Yeah, yeah. And Ryan Reynolds loves to to improv. He couldn't fucking keep up with him. No, like Reynolds didn't know what to do. No way. And I think it, you can always tell that somebody who's involved in an improv moment doesn't know what to do next. Because they will either repeat themselves or they'll repeat the other person. And it was the whole moment when they're about to go do the questioning thing. And throughout the whole time, you know, um, Jeff Bridges is referring to him as rookie or rook. Yeah. And he he does like the, okay, can we can we cut the whole rook thing? All right. I'm not a rookie. I've been on the police department. He's like, all right, fine. Whatever you say, sweet cheeks. And like, it's just this whole thing where it's like he's he's always a step ahead. And yeah. Ryan Reynolds is supposed to be the star of this movie. And he can't even be the star of any of his own scenes. No, Jeff Bridges steals every fucking scene he's in when it's not like totally boring. Uh, and Bacon, dude, Kevin Bacon playing the most generic sleazy version. Of, like he's plays this character in a lot of other movies. The yeah. sleazy dick guy. But he's this, he's phoning it in. He does. He's barely trying. Hundred percent, Kevin Bacon saying, "You're going to pay me how much?" He's barely fucking putting any effort into this movie, and you could tell he's. Uh... And then you know, you look at Reynolds' career, and it's like he was just waiting for the Deadpool movie because that's really the only thing that he's supposed to play. He's not supposed to play yeah. anything else. Van Wilder, made, Deadpool. That's it. He made Van Wilder. He made a couple more movies where he was Van Wilder in yes. them, like waiting. Yes. And then he then, made Deadpool, which is the, that was, uh, I was going to say, and then they, then they made, they made, um, X-Men origins and he was Deadpool. Yeah. But then after that, because it was so panned, 
he really, really, really wanted to be recognized as an actor. Then he made movies like Buried and Safe House and stuff like that, where he's like, well, maybe if I can't make it as like a a kind of quippy dude, maybe I'll make it as an action star. And then those were like, eh, okay. And so he also made like The Proposal. It was like, all right, well, then maybe if those don't work out, I can always be the love interest in the romantic comedy. And that was like, (laughs) eh. And it's just, it makes like, I feel so bad. And it makes me wonder, at what point does Ryan Reynolds look at all of his movies being just received mediocre in various different genres and say to himself, God, maybe it's me. Yeah, why why hasn't why don't I stop doing this? But uh, you know, and for the ladies, you got Ryan Reynolds, you gotta get him to take a shirt off once in a while if you want to use him, because uh, you know, those fucking acting chops aren't pulling people in. But so not only does he take off his shirt once, yeah, he does it twice in two consecutive scenes. <laughs> they blow their load. But, like, it's like Deadpool. He was always just meant to play. Like, he should never play any other character. Just well, play Deadpool. I don't Deadpool. think it's Deadpool. I just think that he needed to be in an action comedy that had no ties to anything, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Like, it should have just been, like, Ryan Reynolds' cop. Like, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Like, it, Detective Ryan Reynolds. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's that's all you need to do. That's all you need to make him. You don't need to make him a a ghost hunter or anything like that. Just make him a fucking cop. Yeah, I think it's the problem is is that he was stuck for so long in the in the whole thing where it was like he even mentions in Deadpool, like no one ever hired him to be an actor. They hired him because he was pretty. Right. (laughs) And like Deadpool gave him the ability to get past that because he's in a fucking mask the whole time. So now you have to pay attention to his acting and his personality. Yeah. Ultimately. The way I looked at it was uh, they, they they just smashed together a bunch of stuff that they knew worked in other movies. Um, and it didn't work in this movie because they held no weight. There were no stakes. Yep. They, they tell us, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I guess there's going to be a thing where, like, the world will end. And they're like, oh, shit, really? Hmm. The thing all that, right, later. The thing that baffles me beyond all recognition is it's 130 million bucks. Yeah, who got that money? Was it Bridges? Like, it's no, but it's $130 million. Like, how could you invest that money into something that you know, you have to know sucks goddamn huge donkey dick? <laughs> they were just and like, it, it, what it was was as they invested that money, that was the thing. Because they put so much money into it, they didn't want to take risks. So no R rating. You yeah, know, they, yeah. they went, like I said, they just smashed together shit from other movies. Yeah. They cast people that they were like, people like seeing these guys. And then they blew their load on the CGI thinking that they could pretty it up enough that people wouldn't notice that it was just a polished turd. Like when you see something that's shitty that has it costs a lot of money or something like uh, like Clash of the Titans, for example. Yeah. Or Battlefield uh, Earth. How about that one? Battlefield Earth, that's like that's a total uh, you know, uh, narcissistic project by John Travolta. Yep, yep. He 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 created. So he we know that, that that all comes from Travolta. That's true, yeah. But when you talk about like Clash of the Titans is like a shitty movie, but it's not like like you can watch it and still get something out of it, like some some entertainment out of it. But like it was shitty, but like they Uh-oh. tried to make a good movie. They just didn't they something there was a lot of lacking in the writing and and stuff like that. But this was like a train wreck. It was just like, no one wanted to see this movie. This was a, like, no one wanted to see it in this incarnation. It was fucking not done well. And it was just, if they saw the dailies from some of these CGI things and the special effects where people are 
like bouncing around like they're made out of rubber and being like, oh, yeah, people are going to like this. No, it's like it like, wasn't how finished. do they not know that? How it's, do they not know 130 million bucks in that it's not good? Like, that's why it baffles me about Hollywood. And yeah, I it's I think the problem was is that it was it boiled down to and legitimately it was just producers and studio. Yeah. Made by committee. I guarantee you. Yeah. The directors, the actors, everybody like sat there and said, because even there was an interview they had with Jeff Bridges and he said, like, while they were filming it, there were points where they felt like, you know, the movie was going to come out very differently than it did when they finally saw it. And he was highly disappointed in what he saw, which means a lot of the things we saw either happened in the edit and there's a different version of this movie that we're never going to see, or it means that there was so little communication between the set and the studio and the editor and everything like that, that they all figured they were doing one thing and it turned into another studios interference, unsupervised. Wow. Just like from beginning to end, it's just so generic, so underwhelming. There's no chemistry at all. Was there any, I feel like, was there any buzz for this movie? Cause no, I, I feel no. like there was that time in the two thousands where, uh, independent comics or like uh, the studios were looking at like indie comics. Like what, what can we take? What could be the next men in black or the next Hellboy? Uh, there was no excitement. Like what I don't, was there fans of the comic book that were like, Oh shit, they're no, making a movie. I, I, I read it. Shit. I don't even like it. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's the shit. thing is that it's, it's no one, no one no wanted one this to be made. It. No one even knew that this comic existed. Yeah. No one I ever even asked when that movie came out and they said, you know, based on the like the hit comic book series. I was like, oh, that's a comic book series. And everyone was like, yeah, I guess it looks like something they'd make into a comic. But there's also. But, yeah. Yeah. And no one no one knew about it. Like Nobody I remember asked for it when surrogates came out, that movie surrogates with, um, you know, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. With that the was robots based on a comic yeah, yeah. book that nobody yeah. read, too. Yeah. yeah. But I think that comic book was at least written by somebody because they wanted to write a comic book and they had this idea and that was their passion. So at least the comic book and the source material itself was made with passion. There was, well, a, I, there was. A, a I thing. keep thinking about um, like Ghost World, where it was a, a fantastic movie and I didn't know that it was a comic book and it turned me on to that comic. Uh, and I thought they did a good job, but of course that is a—I mean, it's not a superhero comic yeah, book. Talking about Daniel yeah. Klaus, but that guy—that yeah. guy's awesome. That guy's. But also, is I, great, I was going to say, like on the on the topic of surrogates, that was written by Robert Venditti, who still works today. He's oh, that's, writing yeah. the Green Lantern. Yeah, comic. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a comic book writer who wrote a comic because he liked writing comics. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Whereas Lenkov wrote this comic. Made it into a movie has never written another fucking comic no, book. In no, no, he just wanted this idea out of it to fucking just get that. Wow, that's so weird. That whole I did not know that about Lenkov, and I honestly thought this was like some indie dude who wrote a comic, and it's his big day, and it's been optioned for a movie. I, I have a belief that when Hollywood tries to like do something to create a product to fill some kind of uh, demographic. It's like the ultimate sellout bullshit, and it's always the most formulaic bullshit, and it's always crap. And I hate that shit. And that this is an example of that. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, it's just got no heart. Now, there was a video game for RAPD? Sure. <laughs> Why? Who wanted the video game? This, Nobody and, wanted and the no, movie. This, this, again, ties into... 
a studio which just wants to milk something this is going to sell because of xyz yeah so they decided that they would i guess jump in and be like we're also going to make a shooter video game because stupid kids are going to love it because they're stupid and they're going to want to play the video game so they got it made but then the movie bombed the game was apparently not good um and it was just like there was no winning with ripd no matter how you look at it one bright spot, the set decorator won an Emmy on HBO's John Adams. Oh, shit. Lame. <laughs> I don't know where any of that talent was in this movie. Fucking set decorator. Yeah, uh, set decorator? I'm pretty sure they were just in Boston. Also, I guess uh, Bridges wrote uh, some of the, some music for the movie that was on the soundtrack. Or I think he, oh, why not? Yeah, why not? Because he's just like, they, let me write just, a- They couldn't fucking leash him if they tried. He's like, I want to grow a mustache. I want to play a cowboy. Uh, but I guarantee yeah. you, it was probably the song that he was singing with the accordion. Yeah, no, it pretty much is. But it's like generic Jeff Bridges with generic Ryan Reynolds, generic Kevin Bacon. But even generic Jeff Bridges shines far above uh, the shit that is this movie. I will say, if I could give this movie anything, I thoroughly enjoyed Mary Louise Parker in this film. <laughs> she was uh, fine for uh, her parts. She bit his beard. Like, her 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 weirdly like sexual yet sarcastic like I don't know why kind of dug it. The Steely Dan part was weird because I uh, I so I you know stream this movie on my computer and uh, I couldn't hear it. And I've oh, wa- really? I watched it a couple times. He goes, uh, "What's with the Steely Dan?" And she's like, "I don't know. It's always playing." And I was like, "What are you talking about? You in the mix is weird. You cannot hear any Steely Dan like even faintly." So. That kind of confused me, but whatever. Uh, so they never planned for a sequel at all? <laughs> Were they? Uh, oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they wanted they a whole franchise. One easily. That's true. They're like, oh, you guys are still partners. Everything's Nobody retired. Fine. You have yeah. new identities, and uh, off you go. What a bomb, though. What? Just a And then within the first week, it was officially declared a box office failure. Yeah. One of the biggest box office failures in 10 years. Wow. It makes twelve million this first week out. This big well, fucking thing. I know of a movie that failed just as bad and oh, yeah. cost even more. Yeah, but it's actually a decent movie. Which is John Carter of Mars. Yeah, we used to we come back to the John Holy Carter shit. Yeah, the did John. You see that? I did not. So that may wind up on our list. I think it's a pretty decent movie. It's not bad. It's just like nobody went to see it because the title was fucking confusing. Well, I think it's also because everything you saw of it, you're like, oh, it looks like it's ripping this off. And you're like, no, 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 no. This came before like fucking everything. Exactly. This is the movie that everybody else. Yeah, also played with that that curse as well. But still, if you can, uh, that's one of those things. That's that's a what the fuck happened that. Is what? The, why? Why the fuck did nobody see this? Movie? Yeah, because it's what the, a, it's what the a fuck happened movie. about it actually bombing? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an interesting mystery. Uh, but this wow, this fucking movie was just underwhelming. Good stuff though, Dal Howard. Thanks for all the work you got. You got any any other odds and ends? Um, you know, I'm I'm mad at Anthony that he he made it so he could sit this one out. <laughs> well, now he can enjoy. Uh, the movie at safe time. What happened was he didn't want to fucking. I sent him the link to the movie. He's like, I ain't clicking that shit on my PC. I was like, All right, I don't. Play. No, yeah, I don't blame him. Uh, on the Mac I, side, you can watch it. The only reason I could get that away with that shit is because I have a Mac. Yes, me too. On the Mac side, it doesn't do shit. You just fucking power through it. So 
Look, for the listener, if you want to check out any of the other what the fucks that we've done, this is the fifth one. I'll go back backwards. Number four was episode 128. We did Green Lantern. So this is a, the double for double Ryan Reynolds. And honestly, I don't think I could do another Ryan Reynolds movie. Oh, I think we need to uh, take a clean break because enough we, him being yeah, the same Ryan fucking Reynolds asshole. Ryan need to need to take a, 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 a break. How much can we watch him just do the same fucking thing over and over again? And then before that, uh, what the fuck? Number three, episode 109, uh, Batman and Robin, 1997. That's a great one. Uh, number two, which was episode 75, Fantastic Four 2015, the infamous Josh Trank movie. And it all started with episode 41, way back, episode 41, Spider-Man 3. Uh, which was uh, the birth of the concept. So yeah, that's a terrible movie. Th- that's uh, I. Uh, it's a movie. It's a movie. It's Have you listened movie. to the episode, Rugs? Uh, I want to. I haven't yet gotten to it yet. Why is it really good? I I think Spider Man Three may have been one of our our best ones, and it wasn't even technically a what the fuck no happened. because we were just like uh, just have a, messing around with the concept, and we we're like this is great. <laughs> I want to just go with. I gotta check it out. Yeah, the I suckage. Mean, I fucking hate that movie with a passion. I think my favorite part of that entire episode is the fact that I completely forgot what the actual ending of it was. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I forgot they they do kill off Venom, don't they? The, did you mention the part? In that movie that that gives me douche chills. Is it emo Peter it, singing and dancing? No, that's not. I, that's fine. Okay. The, the, the part that where I'm in the theater and I'm like, fuck this movie. Like immediately <laughs> when Gwen Stacy is hanging off of the building and her dad just looks up and he's like, ah, that's my daughter. Like, I'm like, are you yeah, fucking kidding me? I think that's I think how you do. react. I think we I think we did touch on that. Oh my god! Hey. I was like, oh my! And then then, then, then the fucking guy who's, who's dating her or like likes her looks up. And goes, oh, that's Gwen Stacy. I I I think I like her or whatever. <laughs> but, weren't they dating? Wasn't he dating Gwen yeah, Stacy? She was. No, it was it was she was dating Eddie Brock. Brock right? Yeah. Total so Grace. Eddie Brock looks up and he's just talking to like Captain Stacy and they're just seeing her dangling off the building. And he's and just, just taking like, pictures doing. of her. Yeah. Yeah. He's just taking I'm like, pictures of there's him. no panic. There's nothing. I'm like, I, fuck this movie. I, I said to Imran, my favorite bit is just before that in the fact that Gwen Stacy is currently at a modeling shoot where she is modeling for selling a Xerox copy machine. <laughs> Very important photo shoot. Look, it gave us our only black costume Spider-Man we've seen. And I thought the black costume looked fucking sick. Uh, but yeah, overall, the movie is a mess. Uh, Welcome but, back to Spider-Man 3 Part 2 on What the Fuck What happened. the We could go on forever, but those are all the What the Fucks, listener. Go check them out, and if you want to suggest a movie, you've seen kind of what the theme is. We've done two Marvel movies now, two DC characters, and now an independent movie. Uh, we could, this, this, what are we doing, like quarterly, a couple a year? Let us know what you think would be a good candidate. Send us a tweet. Yeah, submit your email. I- yeah, let us know. I mean, hell, if they if they submit enough, I'd love to do this like monthly or something. Yeah, we can. <laughs> we'll put fucking. Also, Peter, uh, Peter should be Peter Kendall should be happy uh, that by putting you through torture because this really was he was pushing for this. This was his idea, yes. right? So yeah, he he commented that nothing would bring him more joy than me having to watch R.I.P.D. Peter Kendall, I hope you're happy. I hope uh, I hope you can get your rocks Look off. Look what you've birthed. <laughs> Look what <laughs> you did. Suggest a movie. Uh, let us know on Twitter at Jock and Nerdcast or email show at at jockandnerd.com. Before we peace out again, I want to say where next episode is the 150. 
there's still time, listener, for you to be part of the episode. Uh, I want you to send us an audio message. Send us a, a, you know, you can say some fucking whatever you want. You can roast us. You can congratulate us. You can just fart into the microphone. Yeah. And then it'll be, it's a milestone. You'll be part of the episode. We'll play it throughout. But also, if you have something to promote, make sure you plug a website or a product or a book or whatever. And it's a win-win for everyone. We get some fun audio. You get to plug your shit. We will have a great 150th episode. Uh, also, check out Trivia Geeks podcast. I'm a co-host on there. And in fact, Delhauer and I just recorded an episode this week that'll be out in a few weeks. Uh, Delhauer, what'd you think coming on to the Trivia Geeks? It was fun, right? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm not going to tell you. a good time. Uh, we you, we yeah. made a pretty pretty sweet team. We did a good team. And uh, I'm not going to tell you whether we won or lost. I want you to listen Lots of fun, uh, and uh, maybe we'll get them to come over. I had an idea to do a Trivia Geeks uh, podcast on the Jock and Nerd side. Like, we would do Whoa. we would do the show on an episode, and that way you guys could check out what it's like, cross-promote. They'll put it on their feed. I think it's a lot of fun. Trivia Geeks, check the show notes. Jockandnerd.com slash 149. Delhauer, man, where can the people check out the, the blog post companion? Because you do so much research. There's always an awesome blog post that goes with the What the Fucks with a lot more information. Where can people see that? So the blog post for What the Fuck Happened can be found over at gingergeekblogs.wordpress.com. Maybe one day, every time I do this, I always say maybe one day I'll write more on there. But come on, you know, let's let's be real <laughs> about myself. But yeah, the, the the what the fuck happens, I at least actually put up there. Yeah, I'm glad we um, get you to make some content. We force you to make content. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, uh, listeners can always find me on Twitter, at uh, Matt Delhauer, where I'm usually retweeting other people's funny things, because, like I said, what do I do for myself? Um, uh, and occasionally on How Do I Jump, at the moment we're on a little bit of a hiatus as things are getting uh, re-situated with Peter coming back and then potentially leaving again. Wait, Peter wasn't lost at sea. He was, and now he's back, and he's now he's leaving again. And now I think we're going to send him back out to sea. Yes, definitely send him <laughs> back know, out to sea. Like, it's like when you find a dollar, but then you see like somebody wipe their ass with it, and you're like, oh, I don't need a dollar that bad. Uh, throw it back out. <laughs> uh, God, that's, that's the, I think it's the worst way I've ever described Peter Kendall. It's <laughs> fair. <laughs> we love the Peter Kendall. <laughs> uh, Rugs. Where do you live? Where can people say hello uh, to you? You can only hear me on this podcast. But if you want to, you want to find Rugboy only on Twitter. That's the only place you're going to find Rugboy right. if you want to converse, send me messages, send me pictures of your mom's boobs or whatever. <laughs> really Rugboy on Twitter. Just find me there and you can see me insult Dan Slot at least once a week. All day uh, long, this son. Week, this week, I... Uh, I think David Malosky sent me a picture of Dan Slott like waving, and I said, <laughs> and he, I could see his big fat fingers. <laughs> and I, said, and I, I tweeted back, "Look upon the fat fingers that wrote the worst Spider-Man." <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Rock boy hates Dan. Yeah, so Slott. I fucking pick. One day I'm gonna run into. You might. That's gonna be awkward. But the rugs is exclusive to the Jock. I've actually podcast. run into him before. If you and times. oh really? Yeah, but mm. he didn't know. In a dark alleyway. Didn't end well. <laughs> he didn't know. So I ran into him again. He's run him over. Uh, but uh, Delhauer, man, thanks for all the work. Listener, uh, thanks for listening. We saved you 136 minutes. We hope you enjoyed this. Number five, what the fuck happened? I love these shows. 
And look, like I said at the beginning, we're going to work out our schedule. We're going to get back on the Sunday release. We're going to have a really good time on the next episode, 150. So make sure you subscribe and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. If you go to jockander.com slash review, it'll take you right to our iTunes page. Leave us a nice review. Light up all those stars. And of course, finally, tell a friend. Tell a fellow nerd. Tell a jock. Jock nerd. Spread the geekery. Let's grow this empire of stupidity. Thanks for listening. My name is Imran. And my name is not Anthony. And we'll catch you next time. Ah. Nerd. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. This is gonna be the greatest country. Why are you putting people through this? Get your hand off my penis! You can have the greatest penis. I feel like half the country is... Why are you putting people through this? And the other half of the country is... Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. And then everybody is... Get your hand off my penis! (laughs) That's what's going on right now in the country.